Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. I'm your host, Logan Medish of High Caliber History. Joined around the table, we have Alan from Gunbroker. We have Brad from Go Wild. And I, I think I've seen this last <laughs> gentleman. Uh, we are graced with the presence of Louis Tuminaro, the Gunfather. Louis, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Wait, did, did hey. I change my channel? Did I change it to the outdoor channel? Or, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> where, what channel are we watching? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you do want to see me, you can watch us on the on the outdoor channel. You know, but uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's a uh, it's a pleasure, and I love being at the Shot Show. So we obviously, you know, we know you've got the TV show, um, but it, it's not a chicken or egg scenario, right? We know which came first. You know, your business came before the TV show. So talk us a little bit through, you know, the background of the Gunfather as a business and what you guys do. So we have a, um, a very um, unique business, okay? We like to call it a niche business. Okay, so what we do is is we do restorations on guns, which sometimes is controversial, but sometimes people say, "Hey, you know, you know, keep them original, you know." But we, what we did was is we've been on the Outdoor Channel since 2014. So when we got started, um, my family was on television. You know, my whole family they grew up, you know, behind cameras, and it was super. It was really really nice, you know. But what happens is is when the kids get older. You know, and so on. They go their own ways. Mm -hmm. So I had less children in the shop, okay, and my son went into the military, you know, and just kind of unique. But my son just came back um, into the business a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. So my son now is back in the building every day. Um, you know, but, uh, we have a, we have a, um, a business of doing restorations and, um, you know, we're really, really taking off in the uh, firearms industry. Now you're, but you're an official restore restoration company for coal, right? Yes, we are. So what happens is, is so when we first were on television, we just organically were shooting cults like crazy. All of a sudden we get a phone call from cult, like from the executive, you know, um, vice president of cult and he's like hey i just want to thank you guys for shooting our guns on tv like like you guys are blowing us up on tv so who knew that that would ever start a relationship between us you know but before you know it you know we're going to the factory we're meeting them and then next thing you know cult is our presenting sponsor on our tv show you know i mean it just started blowing up just to a to a level that i just never expected you know, so we um, now. So what happened was is cult loves the services that we do. Mm-hmm. OK, so now cult refers us, OK, to people that like to get their guns restored and they trust us to do them in the level that they would want to have them done in. And I think that's, you know, a key definition. We've obviously got historians in here, but we have restoration versus modification. Yes. You know, your goal isn't to take a a classic, you know, 1950s Colt 1911 and and chop it up and do some weird stuff to it. You're you're up to basically revitalizing it and kind of bringing it back to life. Well, and and 100%. And restoration, modification, and preservation. Yes. They're all three very different things, Absolutely. So, So you're in the restoration business. So... Tell us, how is restoration different from preservation? Like, let's let's establish the baseline difference between those. Okay, so we have a lot of people um, calling us up and they're wanting to, you know, send their family heirloom in. Okay, so we're not that anxious to do it unless the customer, first of all, sends it to us and we take a look at it. Sometimes when we're taking a look at a gun, 
it's too nice <laughs> for us to, like, I'll look at it be like, as much as I'd like to restore it, and, you know, when things are restored, they do look, like, beautiful and new again and sure. perfect. Okay, but then again, when, you know, when you're looking at a gun that's, that's you know, um, in that grade of condition, I have to just take a step <laughs> down. <laughs> I have to look at it and say, you know something, this gun is better off not being restored. And I'll, and I'll tell the client, hey, listen, as much as you'd like us to do it and we would like to do it, we're going to pass, you know, we're going to pass on this and we're going to send it back to you. And no matter what, just keep that gun in the condition that it's at, mm -hmm. you know. So um, people depend upon us. You know, when Colt, send us re Colt sends us referrals, like we got to do the right thing by the people. Mm -hmm. You know, we have plenty of business. Mm -hmm. So it's about doing the right service to the right, you know, for people. So one of the things, you know, with what you guys are doing, it's, you know, you said the guns are beautiful and, and, it, and oftentimes with, with a restoration job, you know, you are bringing the gun back to how it looked when it left the factory. Yes. You know? And so, you know, you can take, for example, you, know, you take a 1911 that was produced in 1919. Sure. And make it look like holy cow, we traveled back in time. It is 1919. <laughs> we are in Hartford, Connecticut, and yes. this gun just rolled out the door, right? What does that entail? Okay, so that is my world every day. Right. <laughs> okay, I want you guys to know this. <laughs> so we have all these guns being sent to us that are amazing, and we'll call up the cult, we'll call up the cult archives. Yep, they're and, good friends of mine. There you go, and we'll get, and you know, and we'll get letters from Beverly, okay? And then once we know how that gun came, we'll just make sure that that gun gets restored back to the way that it was lettered. Sure. Okay, once that gun comes in, okay, from us doing this for so many years, when I'm looking at a gun, I'm looking at a gun differently than a lot of other people are. I'm looking through the bluing. I'm looking to see the metal, how the, how the fibers of the metal were first sanded back in the day, whether it's a glass bead finish in certain areas, whether it's a brushed in a 220, a 320, or a 400. I can tell the difference from my eyes. Yep. Okay, I am looking very carefully so that what we're doing is when we're restoring that gun, we're putting all the proper grit and sand marks back into that gun because the objective is when you do a restoration is to make that gun look like it was never restored. That is our objective, to look at it and be like, you know, and when you look at our, our customers' responses, like, you know, on television, you know, when I'm giving these guns back to people, you know, they're crying, they're like they're crying of joy and they're looking and they're just like, how do you do that? And how? Because we have we have experts, okay, in the industry working for us. And and me, I'm looking at these guns and I'm making sure that 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 gun is 100 percent prior to us giving it back to the customer. Mm -hmm. I am kind of a pain in the neck. I mean, I am, and I have to be because sure. you it's know, your reputation on the line. It is, and you know, when it comes to the to restoring guns, I'm serious about it. That's my business, okay, and that's what we do. And I want people so that the last thing that I look at when I give them is the first thing that they receive. So right down to packaging it, sending it to them, giving them a brand new hard case. You know, the whole nine yards. I want, I want the presentation, and I want you know, their expe expectations to be um, just over met. You know what I mean? Sure. It, what, what it reminds me of is the art history restoration world where, you know, they'll take the, an older painting, an old master's painting, and, and clean it up and remove all the, 
you know, some of the soot and pollution that attracts to those things. So they're going back and they can't, they're not just cleaning the painting. They have to research the type of paints and oils that were used, mm -hmm. the, the mixtures, the combinations, the type of brushes, and then can you replicate the brush strokes where you need to, yes. you know, if you have to restore a part of it versus just a cleaning and removal. And sure. the amount of research, planning, and just knowledge that has to go in before you ever touch the painting or the handgun. Yeah. Yep. You know, it seems like there's a lot more crossover in the preservation and restoration world than maybe we initially think. Right. Louis, what other steps are you guys taking? You, you know, you mentioned some of looking at the brushing and everything. What happens when you get into some that you need to, you know, you kind of mentioned, we were chatting before the show, you yeah. talked about engraving a little bit. Like, yes. how, does, how does that part of it work? Okay, okay so, and that's, and that's honestly a, a killer question. So... You're, and you guys are right. When I'm looking at a gun, can you say that again? I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that was so. Well, we know what was it. We know what one of the clips is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm looking at a gun, so a gun comes in in a 1911 from 1918. Say, okay, so I'm looking at this 1911, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it. We take it apart, okay? We want to make sure that the springs, the integrity of the springs are fine, all the internal firing parts, okay? We're going to look at the gun and make sure that the gun, if it doesn't have the, the 1911, if it doesn't have the original barrel, okay, that we're going to go out and find that barrel. A lot of times in doing restorations and me having to put the factory parts back in the gun, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go on gun broker. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we're going to, you know, and, and we're going to go on eBay and things like that. And we're going to try to locate the original parts that are supposed to be in that gun. So, you know, we have a lot of responsibility to the people that are sending us guns in, you know, because mm -hmm. whether they think it or not, I'm going to the level of where I'm going to have every internal part in that gun factory back to that date period. Okay, so, you know, guns come in, 1911s especially, you know, I mean, like, the hammers are switched out, the triggers are switched the out. The mainspring housing. All that, yeah, 100%, you know, so mm -hmm. we have a big inventory of that stuff, but a lot of times, you know, I'm looking for parts, and, you know, and I'll go on to GunBroker and, and eBay and, and, and Google and so on, and we'll try, and we'll get those parts to be able to make that gun 100%. Right. Yeah, you know, so if someone sends you, because the 1911s are ubiquitous with this, you know, and they, they get overhauled and re-arsenaled and worked on it. So, you know, you get it, like you said, starts off as a, a 19-teens, <laughs> 1911, but you get it in and it's got the humped mainspring housing and it's got a short trigger in it. You know, when that yes. gun left the factory, it had a flat mainspring housing and it had a long trigger in it. And so if you come in and all you guys are doing is re-bluing the gun and making it look, from, you know, finish-wise sure. like the gun was from 19 but someone looks at it and goes, well, th that trigger doesn't date to 1918. That mainspring housing yes. doesn't date to 1918. That's like, you know, like taking a, a, a muscle car from the 1970s and putting, you know, Model T wooden rim <laughs> wheels on it. You know, <laughs> like it just looks weird. Like the, the parts just aren't right. And and to the discerning person, yes, they are going to notice. They're, they're not going to look at right. the bluing job that you did. on They're going to look at it like. Oh, that trigger's wrong. Like the the they, it's gonna stand out, yeah. and they're gonna notice. That's a yes. refinish, not so, a restore. Right. Yes, yep. and you know, and that's a huge thing that you're mentioning because, you know, a lot of people call up and say, "Hey, I want to reblue." Like, that's not what we do. Right. We're wrong not, guy. We're, right. <laughs> we're not guys that are just gonna reblue your gun. We do date period restorations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we do take that time. 
okay, and people don't realize how much time goes into putting the right parts back into that gun. Okay, we have fiber laser engravers, okay? So what we can do is we can bypass the roll mark situation that used to happen years ago with all these manufacturers. Okay, we have uh, laser marking technologies as one of our sponsors. Okay, so now we can take a, a Colt 1911 slide, okay? And if there is some pitting within the lettering where years ago we had to work around it and thin that lettering up a little bit, now we can scan it prior, okay, to get the, all the lettering that we're going to need. And then we'll just take all the lettering. We'll just take that slide right back down to where there's nothing on it, okay? And then we'll just put it in our laser and we'll put all that lettering back in. And when I say that, that that gun, you would never be able to tell ever unless you have a microscope to look inside the lettering, to, you know what I'm saying, to see. So um, we are making the guns with the technology that's out in the industry. We're, we're able to make the guns better and better year to year. Go so, ahead, Alan. Oh, I, I, I hesitate to ask this now, but do you, is, is, do you have a nightmare scenario where one day you'll be in this business long enough that, the, say, a 1911 you get asked to restore and you look into it and the, the factory finish was bright pink with unicorns? <laughs> is, is that, does that keep you up at night with that fear? <laughs> Shortly before Louis retires, someone's going to send him you know, a high point with the Simpsons donut motif that's been, that's, that's been hydro-dipped on it. Uh, guys, we have some guns come in that when you look at them, they look like they've been on the bottom of the ocean for like yeah. for like a year and then people send them to us and they're like hey can you restore this i'm like there's not even a, an edge on anything like, right you know what like i mean what is there to restore at yes this point? yes so you know we do need guns you know like a lot of times like sometimes if a slide is no good we have to go and find another date period slide to that exact and like so sometimes in doing restorations we have to buy like donor parts and donor right. parts of guns you okay? need a sacrificial lamb for <laughs> <laughs> we do though you know but it's a it's a lot of fun it's all you know part of a day's work you know and um but we just love what we do you know we we love talking to the people we love working with cult uh we have a tremendous amount of greatest great sponsors and um i gotta tell you from being on television we've been having some amazing guns come into the building mm -hmm. for us to consign Okay, so like we just got a collection of guns in, okay, like um, about a week ago. We just got 27 number one and number two cults in and prototype guns in. So when I say this, like people look at this, we got the holy grail, 27 guns. So like we have 1911s with 000001, that's the serial number, you know, Python, 000002, you know, Python, like... Like, these are stuff that, I, they're newer productions, okay, but... I was going to say, because I know where Python number two from 1955 <laughs> yes. is at, and I know it's not in your shop. Oh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not, don't get me wrong, though, you know, like, you know, in working with Cult, I can't begin to tell you um, how many of the Tri-5 Pythons do come in for restoration. And when I say this, I don't just take any of them in, but, you know, if you get a 55... Um, 1955 um, Colt Python that comes in. What we consider a good candidate is a gun that looks kind of beat up, mm -hmm. okay, that the restoration would do it justice instead of us 
not restoring it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when you look at a gun, it's going to have a certain level where you look at it and say, hey, keep it original. So it's right. almost a triage. You know, is it, does this gun need saving, or is the patient going to be okay with a few bumps and bruises that'll just be a scar for him to tell the story? 100%. Exactly. So, you know, we have that fine line, you know, but I can't tell you how many... Uh, you know, try five pythons we do and 1911s we do from the early 1900s, you know, that go for big money. I mean, like sometimes we'll take a 1911 and we'll restore them for customers. And don't get me wrong, things change in customers' lives where they may, t we'll see our gun online for sale. Sure. You know, and next thing you know, we're looking at this gun at like $8,500 and it's gone already. And they, you know what I mean? So our work still brings high dollars in the restoration industry. You know, Louie, it's, 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 I love that you brought that up because I did, I did a kind of a quick analysis of, of three different types of Colt 1911s. Okay. I looked for Colt 1911s in the pre-owned market and kind of a median price. Then I looked for Colt 1911s with the keyword restoration or restored sure. and looked at the median price. And then I looked at Colt 1911s with modified. Um, just your base 1911, your median price is around $1,000. Okay. And that can be any generation, any new. Sure. Now, when we throw on the modifier that it's been, uh, um, come on, hit up the right thing, has been restored. Suddenly now we're up to $1,700 the median price. So it's actually, it's improving, it's increasing the value of these. What do you think modified does to the price point, though? Uh, I can't answer this because I can see the screen. <laughs> I, I figured. I figured. <laughs> now, when you're saying modified, are you meaning like different, like aftermarket, ha aftermarket accessories put on it? Maybe we put some lightning slide cuts in it. You know, maybe we engraved a don't tread on me snake on the side I think of it. it's going to drop on uh, me. I mean, I guess because I'm a purist. I, I, I'm thinking to think it's going to drop the price down. By almost 50%. Wow. So, yeah. For I mean, a gun that's been properly restored, that sure. $1,700 is the median. If it's just been, you know, someone's taken a classic 1911 and sure. chopped it up, we're talking about $900. Exactly. Well, so and you kind of jumped on something I, I wanted. I've talked to Louie a little bit about this out before we started. <clears throat> Not everybody loves what you do. And, <laughs> and you know, I, in prepping for the show, I was kind of, I was like, I wonder, Michelle, who introduced us, told me, she said, you know, people love them or hate them. I was like, well, I want to see what that's about. So I started sure. reading on the forums, and there's a lot of criticism out there. But, you know, with what Alan just said, I, uh, I really should have asked this before Alan dove into the numbers. Sorry. But I'm curious, like, what do you, what do you, what's your response on some of those, the feedback of, you know, the devaluing? Um, you know, how do you guys kind of think about that? Well, this is, this, is, this is what – Before you answer that, because I want to ask okay. – because this may – Yours is probably more intelligent well, than me. This, Go ahead. Well, because this may influence <laughs> – I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> This may influence how the question gets answered and stuff. I, I want to go back to you talking about, you know, removing the roll marks off the slide and then laser engraving it sure. and not being able to tell. So I'm a museum professional by trade. I worked at the NRA Museum. I worked at the Smithsonian. Okay. I've dealt with a lot of early guns, a lot of early firearms. And I got to say, in doing my due diligence to re research you guys and stuff, watching the laser engravers work on these guns, it made my skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will tell you, you do beautiful work. Sure. But, but the historian in me cries and screams and wants to jump through the screen <laughs> and wring your neck because there are well I don't want to say competitors but but there are other people in the restoration industry that have have had the roll dies remade sure and so if it was originally you know a roll mark traditional roll mark they sure. are putting a roll mark back on that gun so in the way you answer that question I'm also curious to know why you're going the laser engraving route versus going the actual roll mark route you know something? Amazing question. Okay. I'm an amazing guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something to think about. Sure. Okay. So when they make roll marks, okay, and I see them for sale, 
on GunBroker, okay, or on eBay, you're going to see some old roll marks from back in the 70s that Colt had in their factory at one point in time. Somebody got their hands on them and sold them, right? Yep. Okay, so these roll marks get old after a while, they, okay, sure. and, and they're done. So this is the level that I'm, uh, that I'm seeking, okay? So what we're going to do is when we go to do a scan on the lettering that's on a slide of a 1911, okay? So we're going to scan it. Then we're going to take it, and we're going to put it up onto our computer screen that's this big, okay? And we're going to take that one letter in the whole mix of, of all the lettering that's on the side of a slide, and each letter is going to be this big on the mm -hmm. screen. So what we're doing, okay, is that we are going back over every letter, exact point to point, okay? And we are literally making them exactly the way that that letter was on that gun on that roll stamp for that time where if i just had a roll stamp which is not inducive to have a roll stamp made every time you get a gun come in on the lettering that's done on that gun i wouldn't be doing that gun justice because i'm not putting on the exact lettering that was actually on that gun so you're not actually lasering the lettering back on you're lasering a mapped image that just happens to be shaped like a letter so as opposed to putting as a roll mark would be the exact same letter on the exact same on on every on gun every you do. single one here so you're mapping and replicating what has been done so yes okay. so what i'm doing is is i'm putting so the exact lettering exactly that's on that slide is what i am putting back on whereas if i just had a roll mark and i'm doing that gun and then an, and a week later i got another one coming in i just do that one again and to be honest with you i'm i'm actually changing that gun I'm doing more justice to me, okay, putting on the exact lettering that was on that gun. Yeah, it's not like you're going into your laser program and selecting typeface, you know, no. comic sans. And see, no. It makes sense. It makes Our sense. laser tech is going in, and he's spending hours upon hours putting out that, that whole entire, like, roll mark of lettering that's on there so that when we do go to put it on, it's date period to that gun, and that's what that lettering looked like. See, I guess, and, and, this is, and this is the beauty of it. We live in the United States of America, and we can have differing opinions, and we can respect one another and be friends at sure. the end of the day. Sure, I could not disagree with you more on this one, Louis. Okay. Uh, because to Thank me, you. in my mind, you know, we'll, we'll just say, you know, with, with a 1911, you know, with, with the roll marks on there, that, you know, they're, they're going to use that roll mark till it is wore out. So, yes. so the 1911, you know, the one after another, after another, after another, for right. however many it takes until that roll mark is no longer suitable could be a couple weeks could be a couple months yes we don't know but so so it is you know exactly the same on gun after gun after yes. gun after gun to me that's what i want you to do like that's what i would prefer you to do thank you, you know and, I that's mean, what, and that's what we are you know like I am truly giving every client that sends us their gun my heart. Like I'm, I'm sure. putting my, and it my shows. love. It so comes through. Thank it does. Thank you. It really does. It th thank you. Because like we are really trying. The stories that when people send us their submissions and, and you know, we're doing reveals and people are crying and they're just so excited. Like that's what keeps us going from job to job. You know, um, we're, we're, in a, we're in a wonderful place. We're making people happy. You know, we support the Second Amendment and, 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 this, and the guns and, and, you know, shooting with families. And, you know what I mean? And that's all we want to do. Yeah. 
And I don't remember if that helped answer Brad's I, well, I question think, or not. I think but. he's what he just said is kind of getting into what I was saying, and that's what we were talking about before. Somebody might be sending you something, and say, "Hey, this was my grandfather's. I'd yeah. like to look when, what it looked like when he got it." You know, and and you kind of talk through some of the stories of, you know, that you this is what we're doing is giving people something back that they've asked for. You know, one hundred percent. You know, I mean. We, we, I can't tell you how many submissions come in a day, whether they're submissions to get their guns restored or submissions that they want to be on the show, okay? But, you know, we, we take everyone serious. People will sometimes start out with a picture, you know? But, you know, we have guns coming in every single day of the week for, for restorations, okay? And a lot of times it's, it's hard. Like, you know, we're, we're going on Gun Broker and we're going on the Internet, you know, because, yeah, we have a big variety of parts. We have a lot of parts, and I'm pride myself on our parts. Okay, but, but you know, a lot of guns, you know, like I'm, I'm very part-specific. I'm not going to put something in a gun that's not supposed to be in it. I'm going to be putting in parts, okay, that belong in those guns so that when I give them their gun back, it's an original gun through and through. Yeah. I think it's really the the thing that you said right out of the gate when we first started talking. You said, "Look, man, sometimes I get stuff." And you told the story of a Tommy gun. Yeah. You know, you tell tell that one. Real sure, quick. I'd love to. You know, we had a guy. You know, we had a guy. You know, um, send us pictures and say, "Hey, you know," and he gave us this amazing story, okay, about a Tommy gun. You know, and he's like, he wants to send the gun in, and I'll be honest, like, you know, we've seen some pictures of it. And we took a look at it, and a gun like that. You know, I mean. In original condition, the gun's forty, fifty thousand for that particular gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't want to do the gun no justice, but to me, a gun like that, we're just gonna be like, hey, leave the gun alone the way that it is, okay, and keep it the way that it is, because that gun could tell a lot more stories in the condition that it's at, okay, than the condition of how oh, I sent it to the custom shop, okay, to get restored, and you look at it, and then you look at it, and it's like doesn't have that meaning anymore because it doesn't right. look like when you look at it, it's yeah. been through anything. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if it, like I don't know the history of that gun, that particular gun you know but like if it was oh you know this this was in the south side gang and it was in this and, and you get you're like really because it looks like it left the factory and never got you yes so yeah. yes you know so you know, Boy, we, you know took great care of his business <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of fun you know doing what we do we love what we do you know we're in southwestern montana you know um i moved my whole family across the united states i could tell by the weird montana accent, accent from yeah. southwestern yeah. montana my friend hey i'm a long islander you know um i was actually in long island on thursday you know and I, my, my daughter just had a baby you oh, know so I, have, I have two granddaughters now and um I'm just really, really enjoying life, and I'm enjoying the age that I'm at in my life that, you know, like all this had come down to now what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. at this age of my life, I'm really just enjoying what we're doing. I love the people. I love the industry. You know what I mean? I love coming to shows like this and meeting everybody. So uh, I'm just really having a lot of fun. Well, they say if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And, you know. Oh, I, that's me. I, and I always joke. I said, if my clients ever find out that I don't work for a living, I'm screwed, you know. So, Alan, you didn't hear that. Brad, you didn't hear that. Beth, Adriana, y'all didn't hear that. You my, know? My, my, my headset just cut out. Well, Good. I'm know. glad. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm glad to, to know that, that you're not working, you know, because that's what it's all about. If, if, you're, if you don't yes. feel like you're coming to work every day, then that's a good day. You know, you're only blessed by the people that work with you. So, sure. you know, we've put together a, an amazing team of people that are that, that can literally work at these, unfortunately, these high expectations that I request in working 
because, you know, like when I give a gun to somebody, it's not like giving them a car where you can't see everything. Right. I, I hand them a gun, and it may be a, a 1911. It's this big. It's not hard for them to just go like this. Right. You know, like it's got to be bulletproof. That's how I look at no it. That pun gun, well, no <laughs> pun intended. That gun has to be bulletproof. And yep. the area you're restoring it to, there's not a lot of you know embellishments to hide things behind either. No, you're 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 kind of out in the open. Yep. So yep. like you know when you watch on a TV show and before the gun goes for bluing, I'm I'm eyeballing it. I'm looking at every aspect of that gun, making sure that every edge, everything is perfect. And then when it comes out of the bluing tanks, I'm looking at it again to make sure that the gun is perfect prior to assembly. Right. You know what I mean? So my eyes are on that gun, okay, from the minute that it goes into the tanks to the minute it comes out of the tanks to either me or my gunsmiths assembling it to us sending it to the customer. Awesome. Well, it, it, it so comes through how passionate you are in everything that you do. Thank um, you. And, and we really appreciate you spending some time and, and talking with us on the show. Um, and that's, you know, we, we're passionate about what we do. So to have another passionate guy sure. on the show, I mean, it just, we, we love it. Love well, it, love it, love it. Well, love thanks it. for having me, guys. Um, I'm really, really happy to be here. And um, I hope I, uh, hope I gave you guys all the knowledge you need about <laughs> restoration. Yeah, it, it's it was good great. stuff. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it for another episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. Appreciate each and every one of you who has tuned in either on the audio version or the video version. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite platform. Leave us some likes and comments and reviews. We do read and respond to it all. We appreciate each and every one of you being here uh, and consuming this show because uh, hopefully you're having as much fun watching it as we have making it because without you, there is no us, and we love being us. We have a great time on this show. So uh, we will see you right here on the next episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. Podcast.